Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, joined by Brandon, joined by Dan and Nick. Gentlemen, uh, here we are. Uh, it wasn't too long ago we did our Keep Sell Alone, which is our annual season wrap episode uh, on top of that, and uh, we're already doing season previews, season predictions. They went so well last time. Uh, Dan, clearly you walked away with the majority of those being correct. I was very obviously in second, so we'll just end there. Um, but here we go. Season predictions. Emerson, time. baby. I'm going with Emerson for every answer in your faces. Boom. Also, we usually have like two months between the keep sell loan and the preseason predictions. So transfer window is going to be open for a lot longer, too. <laughs> a little bit of grace here, please. A little bit of grace. Yeah. Tight. It's a tight turnaround. And we just we, we want to get that out there that it's tight. We're making these predictions with very limited knowledge. Not and for most us. Of them are probably going to be wrong. Doing it for you. Probably going to be wrong. This isn't for us. <laughs> We, we gain nothing out of this. It is all for your enjoyment. In fact, we may lose something. <laughs> a little bit of pride. All right. So uh, we have a bunch of new Patreoners in our Patreon treehouse clubhouse hanging out with us on Discord. Uh, Jill, Austin, Joe, W, Joe, M, Pat, just kidding, Patrick, uh, Travis, Steve, and Rob. Thank you all for coming into the club and hanging out with us. Discord has been absolutely on fire. I cannot keep up. But the people who are in there somehow do. And we appreciate all of you for doing that. Um, Dan, we have even more Apple Podcasts thank yous to hand out, don't we? Well, just before before we transition to our Patreon, I think a good thing to remind people is that if they were thinking about supporting the podcast or Patreon, this is a good time to get in. Because one of the things that we do is we give away uh, free kits, a, a kit to the winner of our FPL League for mm-hmm. the regular you know, classic league, so kind of the total top score, and then one to the winner of our head-to-head group. So we gave away two kits last season, which was great. We'd like to do that again. So if you are entered into those FPL leagues by the deadline for game week one, you are in consideration for that. So if you were mm-hmm. thinking about supporting the pod, want to potentially win a kit, this is the time to do it, Nick. Want to get waxed by me every week? Bring it. <laughs> Brandon, how'd that go for you last year? Wasn't even a concern. 
<laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, Apple Podcast Reviews, though. So we want to give some massive thanks for some five-star love that people have been dropping on the podcast. Helps other people find us, which is the important thing. So as you're doing this, if you're on an Apple-based device using iOS or using the Mac operating system, whatever it is, please leave a five-star review like Eddie did, like Rivstar did, Texas Solar, absolute clutch individual who've been Twitter followers for a very, very long time. Uh, Nick Exile in Brighton. Everett, Wan 8 iv Brandon A7, and then CCCCCCCVEDADBDBHDB2575455599992777545. Oh, cool. Okay. That last that last one was was a longer one than usual. Yeah, it may have been improv a little bit. Yep. All right. So, uh, look, it's at it's at this point in the show where you guys usually hear me do some sort of spiel that we need followers. We need to grow our profile. We need more, more, more all the time. Look, Dan, Dan's already called you out. You're already on your device. You can't be hiding from me. I know what you're doing. So while you're while you're doing it right, look. If you're on the video right now, Brandon's doing it right now. Uh, you're you're on your phone. Go to one of these three channels. And, and give us a follow on YouTube. Very easy. Smash that subscribe button. Smash it like as hard as you can. Then on Twitter and Instagram at London Blue Pod, a polite, just a light tap for a follow. Just a quick light tap. That's all you need to do. All right. So I'm in a big deal. Podcast right now, London is... <laughs> How did that go, Brandon? Five star review, baby. We're in the books. So look. That's not what we were doing at this point in the show, but thanks for jumping back to Dan's part. Uh, you're going to need to go and uh, and follow us. That would be tremendously helpful. Just do it right now. We'll, we'll take a minute for you. We'll take a minute. All right. So first one, what we're doing today is going to be all about predictions. All right. We're going to make previews for the season upcoming and it will also be affected by this global pandemic. We've got some of the standards like player of the season, top goal scorer, final league table position. But then we have a few additional groupings that have been suggested by listeners. And obviously, if you're in Discord, it's much easier to get your re recommendation at the top. We'll also find some ways to keep the score. So, you know, there's a winner and a loser at the end of the season because, well... Who doesn't love that, uh, Dan? And anyways, and 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 a, and a quick note: these are Premier League predictions, not across all competitions, because that is an impossible thing to guess. The only thing we know for sure, and we almost didn't do it this season, was that Chelsea will play 38 matches in the Premier League season. I don't feel comfortable predicting that after what we just went through, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. So, uh, gentlemen, here we go. First one up. Mostly team predictions, but we have some individual predictions. Goals. How many goals will Chelsea Football Club score in the Premier League? And who will be the top three scores? We did this last season. And as a nice little reminder, Dan even put in there, we scored 69 goals last year. Tammy, William, and Christian Pulisic were our top three goal scorers. One of them is no longer here, so you're going to be forced to diversify. Nick, how many total goals? And give me your top three. All right, so I'm gonna go with 79 goals, 10 more goals. It's quite a yeah, look, 10 more goals in a season over season, not bad. I'm going with Timo Werner, one Christian Pulisic, and Tammy Abraham in that order. Um, I think it's going to be a a season full of goals, and we'll see how it goes on the other end. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> you got Tammy in third behind a winger who's American. I, well, just. Trying to trying to understand how many minutes Tammy will play. I do think he'll score when he's in there. Okay. Dan, um, I think we'll go ahead and let you ruffle some feathers. Well, I think we are going to score a lot more than we did last season. And it's just going to be natural when we're running games 5-3 all the time. It's going to just be how we have to do it. <laughs> so in that sense, I think we'll actually score above 80. I think we're actually going to score 85 goals this season. Cool. And I think it's going to come primarily from a one Timo Werner, but supported by Christian Pulisic and Kai Havertz. It is the Bundesliga crew that have made their way to the Premier League and are going to just absolutely torch defenses 
So last year you were big on the Cobham crew. So now you're going oh, yeah. Bundesliga crew. This is your new theme. Well, I just, it, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. We'll Where's find Rudiger? Out. Maybe he smashed in a bunch of headers. <laughs> uh, he's he's uh, he's still culpable for his own goals from last season. I don't think it's so he's in a negative hole. <laughs> fair, fair. I split the diff on this one. Uh, diff being short for difference with eighty-two. <laughs> All right, Werner, Tammy, and Pulisic in said order. I think Frank is going to play Werner and Tammy a lot, either split time together. I think he's going to find some creative ways for those two to, to that Tammy doesn't get like left behind, quote unquote. So I'm thinking that Tammy is also going to step up his game, uh, find, either coming on late, find a way. So that's kind of my my faith that I'm going to put into that. I mean, Olivier Giroud, no one had, you know, which is kind of interesting. Mason Mount pegged a few in last season, but nothing nothing for him either. And Golo Conte somehow didn't make this list. I find that to be he, shameful. He's more of a care about FA Cup kind of goal scorer. Now, I, what I want to do is a slight addendum to this question. I want to know how many goals your top scorer has. Because we, uh, we all picked well, Timo. We all picked Timo. That's in our, our second episode for like oh, right. Golden Boot and stuff. And <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah. you picked him for the golden... Jesus, Dan. Well, spoiler. <laughs> so, next one, uh, we went from goal scored to the the step leading up to said goal, and that is assists, total team, and top three. And I swear, Nick, if you don't do it, the, you're fired. We literally are going to kick you off the show because of how much of a ruckus you make about this man and his nickname. With 19 assists for the season, Cesar Assis-Pilicueta will be... I'm kidding. Uh, I have, I do have him in my three. I have uh, Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech, and Assis Pilicueta in that order. I think those are our three top assisters. Going to be a delight. I'm just going to change up my answers real quick because I forgot about Hakim Ziyech. So I'm going to go 65 assists <laughs> uh, with Ziyech. And then I think Chiwell and Reese James are going to be assist masters. I think whoever's Ooh. our outside backs are going to be bombing. These are going to be bomber backs under Frank this season. All right, We're not playing defense, all right? We're trying to score goals, and it's going to be very Liverpool-esque. Dan, uh, you are going yet again with the most of an attacking category. Well, to be fair, if I'm also predicting that we're going to have the most goals, I'm probably going to predict a fair number more assists. So uh, not by much, though, because I only went one above one Brandon Busby at 66 total assists. Though I do think there is a theme emerging where Ziesh is in all three of ours because of just that amazing bit, that one little tantalizing bit of ball that he was able to put right into Kalamazanadoy's head in the preseason match against Brighton. I think we're going to see that a lot leading up to some goals from maybe a one Christian Pulisic running in off the left wing. That will be a tasty delight, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think the other two individuals are going to be Mason Mount and Kai Havertz as providing kind of that ball, that through ball to play in Christian, to play in Ziyech, to, you know, I mean, there's there's going to be so much movement across that front four. There, there's going to be a lot, there's going to be a lot served up on this, on a platter. It's going to be delicious. A quick note that I, I had 58 assists total for me. I had a lower goal, goal tally, so just well, I mean, 58 you're, assists. You're, you're going to be wrong, so I'm not sure why you need to go back and let people know that fact. Well, I mean, everyone else is saying their total, so, you know, 58 I mean, is what I got. look, I'm surprised that uh, you guys have Aubrey's... Brandon's doing, he's a Brandon's goal doing the math on his abacus right now, just trying he's to figure out... He's not an assister. You guys are so silly. Like, RIP that prediction. Uh, next one is goals allowed. Very quickly, we're going from offense to defense in this one. How many will Chelsea ship this season? Uh, and if you're new to the Premier League, that means concede, give up. Uh, let fly in past our floppable <laughs> goalkeeper. Uh, I or last season we had 54 goals conceded. That was the worst record in the top 10 teams of the Premier League, which is an amazing fact since we got top mm. four somehow. Uh, so I don't think that everything is going to be solved just with one Ben Chilwell and Thiago Silva. So, but I think that the amount of goals that we're going to score and the amount of kind of pressing that we'll do on teams, they will be less likely to score. So I'm going to go with a decrease of nine to 45 goals conceded. Uh, Dan, Mr. Extreme, one way or the other. 
You're always the minimum and the maximum. Only know two modes, Brandon. That's off or on. And I am on for the decrease here. I think it's, especially if we bring in another keeper, I think that's the main caveat. I think it's going to happen. We're recording this on the Sunday uh, ahead of the, you know, basically the week before the Premier League restarts. And if we sign a keeper, I think that we shipped nine to 12 that were just beyond the mean of like where a traditional Premier League goalkeeper was. So if we just take that as a baseline, we're going to put ourselves in a much better position. So any average goalkeeper moves us to a better spot, and I'm just going to go with that. Hmm. Nick, are you going to split the diff, as one might say, or are you going to be a pessimist? Do you remember when you used to yell at me for saying goal diff, and now you're just saying diff on its yeah. own? <laughs> it's kind of a mocking thing. What's mm. the diff? Now I get it. Um, I still think we're going to be relatively bad in defense. <laughs> um, now, it, look, my prediction could be totally upturned if we if, if our goalkeeper has an above average Premier League season, right? Um, I'm I'm only seeing Keppa and Willie on the roster as it stands as we're making these predictions, so. I'm going slightly down, only six goals down to 48 goals conceded. Uh, it, I've been I've been thinking about Tiago Silva a lot, and if we play a high line, I think that's not necessarily going to be the best recipe for him. So we'll uh, we'll just have to kind of see how the how the team is. Although Chilwell should improve. I mean, you you potentially have a brand new. You know, if we bring in another center back candidate, if you get someone like Rice in there, you know, Zuma obviously is, you know, next to a Tiago Silva is going to be an exciting prospect. Reese James potentially taking the next step up. Has P being pushed by Reese James to level up his game as well? Like, I just, I think in general, the defense is going to have to be just better by the necessity of adding people and who isn't playing, right? Because if you bring in Tiago Silva and Zuma, you're not playing Christensen, you're not playing Rudiger as regularly. And those were two of kind of some of the, if we're pointing fingers, had issues or problems in our defensive setup last season. And so if we're taking out the addition with, with because of subtraction, I think it's going to naturally put us in a position, Brandon, where the defense is just going to have to be just even minuscule better. Yeah, again, but it's it's a leaky situation. So for me, it's kind of like it it will slash should get better, but it doesn't mean it's gonna be significantly better in that sense. But I look, I definitely think that there's probably one more signing defensively that Frank's looking to make, whether that's CDM, center back, uh, or goalkeeper. Those are really the only places he has yet to touch. So I, I don't know, but. If you have a good defense, you don't need to worry about clean sheets because they just Hold up. happen. I'm going back. I'm going back one because the only caveat oh. I have on the on the goals allowed is like even when Angola Conte after the break started playing as a six, we still let in goals. So it tells me that there's just a bunch of one one v one errors that are happening or a bunch of individual mistakes. Now we'll see if if our new defensive wonderkind coach can fix those. Then fantastic, uh, Barry, I believe his name is. Great. Then maybe the team does improve markedly. I I'm looking at this though, and knowing knowing how Frank wants to score goals above all else, I I don't see the team just not like locking down at 30 goals this season. I, I think it's still going to be relatively high. Probably too high for our taste. All right. Well, make sure you update the script because that's where we're going to be pulling predictions from. Uh, clean sheets. Uh, so this one is when you don't give up any goals, you you shut out the other team. Last season we had nine out of thirty eight matches, and it was a five way <laughs> tie for eleventh place, right where you want to see Chelsea in the table. <sighs> so, Ugh. Nick, now you're the pessimist again. That is incorrect. <laughs> What happened? Uh, I'm just confused. You have 14 the most out of all of us. I do have 14 out of my what, what did I have? 48 goals allowed. <laughs> so we're gonna have we're gonna have a few bad games, yeah, but we'll also have a few more better a few better games. Nick, five better do games. You, than do you last remember year. that we're not playing Bournemouth this year? Just a reminder, we are not playing Bournemouth. I know they scored year. three goals against us last year. I know that's that's three off the board right there. Um you know, I'm I'm looking forward to clean sheeting leads twice this year. I think that's that's part of the factor. It's just both of those games are going to be easy. Wipe the floor with them on. 
Um, and then there are a few, and, and I hope, let's, let's hope it starts with Brighton. There are a few teams at the kind of the bottom of the table that we'll get to in our Premier League predictions that I think are going to really struggle to score goals. And I just pray we don't, just don't let them have an easy time of it. <laughs> 14. Come on. Optimist. Right. You know me. Dan, Dan you, you're not quite the pessimist. You're, you're splitting the difference right now. <laughs> splitting the diff, as Brandon oh. Buzzballs would say. No? I went with 13. I think 13 is right in the spot there for improvement, but not necessarily. Look, I mean, Ederson only had 16 last season for the entire Premier League. It was a absolutely leaky affair across was, the league. He was also hurt for a big period of time. I know, which is so. Nick, and Nick Pope had fifteen, and he wasn't hurt at all. So he's a legend. <laughs> just so I mean, teams are scoring at a pretty pretty good clip. I mean, it just takes one to get past, and you lose the clean sheet. So I do think overall goals will go down, but we won't have like these two goals against us, three goals against us per match. We might have that, you know more of the onesies across the matches, but we'll, in average, be better in our kind of individual performances. Well, I then can maybe be the pessimist. I think we'll have 12. I think, look, as of right now, you've got Kepa and goal. There's always that Achilles heel that you have to come across. And if everyone seems to think that it was his fault and not the defense's fault, then I'll put my money on that bet right now and say, I'm not going to expect with all the changes coming in, and potentially keeping Kepa, that it's going to be solved overnight. So here we are, uh, maybe a handful more uh, throughout this season. Uh, interesting one here, Dan. This stat line coming to us, uh, VAR and its involvement, its impact by overturning uh, calls. So last season, Chelsea had 12 positive calls overturned for a negative well, no, no, two no. goal so- difference. It's a it's a net overturn. So it's a total of twelve decisions overturned. They and the net impact Well, yeah, reverse positively or negatively. Um and that the net impact was we we lost two goals out of the whole process. Right. VAR. I hate it. So what I just want to say, Dan, is why are we even getting into this? There's new rules we talked about in the last episode. It's like it, we're not Manchester United. No, this is this is only a net negative that we know how this ends. Well, I will say this was a listener suggested item. People want to know about the the VAR punch card, which we talked about a lot last season. They want to know about the the loyalty points, Mm -hmm. if they were going to end up in our favor this season. Mm -hmm. And I think because the ref will be able to go over to the video screen, I actually think they're going to end up using it more, which is scary (laughs) to think that they'll end up using it more. And I think it's actually going to work in our favor. And at the end of the season, we'll have had 14 overturns, plus or minus, for a net of three goals positive versus the negative goals this season. All right. Nick, do you have as lengthy of an explanation? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Can I, get I like your eye test on this? Yeah, the eye test tells me <laughs> that, there, that we're going to have one more than last year at 13. So I'm holding relatively steady, steady. but uh, the the days of Harry Maguire kicking our players uh, in the nether regions and not getting a red card, uh, those days are going to be over. The The Premier League and, and whoever runs VAR, the Referees Council of Absolute Neptitude, I believe is what it's called, uh, is going to start getting these right. They're going to lay down the law. We're going to come back. We're going to punch those loyalty points because we didn't need them at the end of last year. We just finished fourth, had kept our heads down. We didn't use them all. But I think there are going to be a handful of circumstances where Christian Pulisic is going to draw penalties and they are going to uh, potentially not be given because that's, that's the way that goes. But to the rescue, VAR, loyalty points, let's go. I mean, we don't have much else to to really hope for. Um, I Look, I don't know where to go with this, so I'm just going to – push this season and say 12 interactions and it'll be zero (laughs) oh yeah okay i think if we had a net net impact of zero goals not negative or positive we would take it right now so i don't care i'm 
I'm gonna say what I say. There's no chance we end up on the positive side of this. I don't. You guys are ridiculous. He said what he said. Yeah. I don't. It, no, you're not. You're not gonna win this season in the VAR award. That's just not gonna happen. Um, woodwork. Apparently, last season we were pretty good at hitting the woodwork. We were 14 times for seventh place. I guess we weren't that bad. A matter of inches, one way or the other, we would have scored so many more goals, but here we are. Um, I just love it when I play and just smash the frame of the goal. And then as a goalkeeper, you're like, great save. Count it. Nailed it. Unfortunately it. for you, you lot out there, it is not as exciting because usually you're on the opposite side of that. So I said, I think that we'll hit the woodwork 10 times because instead we're actually going to score we have a much more competent scoring setup therefore i'm going to decrease it from 14 to 10 nick the uber optimist here right don't get it we were we were smashing that woodwork like it was a subscribe button last year baby but just smashing the subscribe button to woodwork I think we're only going to have eight this year. Only eight. Why, you say? Well, Mason Mount had, I think, 18 or 19 himself out of the 14. So I think I think he's going to be a better finisher this year. And I think the team as a whole uh, are going to be delivered just delightful balls that they can basically hit with any part of their body that isn't their arms, and it will go in the goal. So better service, better finishing, eight. Bam. Count it. Wow. Um, so so here, let's look at like last season's performance. So the top two teams in hitting the woodwork in the Premier League, Manchester City at 27, Liverpool at 17. It, it's just a, if you're shooting more and you're scoring more, your odds of hitting the woodwork are going to increase. That is just the, the nature of it. And so I don't get either of you projecting that there's an increase in goals and there's not also potentially an increase in hitting the woodwork. So I think that's uh, uh that's correlation, not causation, Dan. That's what that is. Oh, okay. We're not going to get into math class right now. Uh, in your face, but, Dan. <laughs> uh, I look forward to you uh, being wrong on this one in our end of the season recap. Mark this one down, folks. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in your mind. This one. This one that is the most arbitrary of the things that we're going to talk about because there is no bearing from season to season. You're absolutely correct on that one. That that is for sure. Um, yeah, look, I don't want to stall stall too much on that one. What about points? Points earned, three for a win, one for a draw, zero for losing. So no time for that. Last season, Chelsea had 69 points. It's not great. I'm going to tell you that much right now. It is not great. Even though we got fourth place, that's a that's a bad season. So somehow I ended up being the least optimist out of this group. I put 80 points. I thought that was a, you know, almost four more wins type of a deal. Like, hey, that's, that's pretty good, pretty significant. Nick, you had 81 and Dan's 83. We're all kind of clumped around. I would like to say for all of you listening out there, all my predictions were in first. Dan wrote the script, so he already knew what he was going to do. So I'm at a disadvantage. You guys got to use my data point before putting your predictions in. I was originally going to go in at 78, and then I felt really bad that I would have had us maybe not finishing where I think we're going to finish. So um, I upped it a little bit. I upped it a one more win to 81, another three points. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, look, is 12 points, you know, is four more wins in my scenario, like, the worst thing in the world? Or, no, not really. I mean, I think it's it's probably about right. Uh, if you have better finishing, you have slightly better defending, slightly in my case anyway. I think that leads to more wins and maybe turn some of those draws into wins. So, 81. I, I think it's the, the, the big thing is that the you're looking at converting – some of those draws, but I mean, actually we didn't have, we had six draws. The the big issue was the losses at 12. And so it's really about converting just a handful of those losses that make up the difference in taking us. And and some of those losses were two, one at the end or a three, two crazy result, things that were just 
oddballs to Bournemouth that are not going to happen again this season. So, like, you take out a couple of those right there. And I think the pathway to what I projected, which was 83 points in total, is not outside the realm of possibility when you take and bring into the effect that we have basically a fully upgraded, like, we have a Death Star in attack now. Like the the it is operational and we are going and destroying planets, <laughs> motherfuckers. Like it is happening this season. <laughs> oh my god, Dan! I don't believe they cursed in Star Wars, but oh, no, that's they, fine. They, they edited it, over it in, in the in the directorial cut that I would make. They hundred percent would. <laughs> um, well, obviously, once you get to points, you got to go league position. Top four bust with Chelsea, you know the game. But really, that's not what our aim is. Our aim is winning trophies. But to position ourselves to best win said trophies is to be in the Champions League and make a sh- ton of money. So last season, we all know that Chelsea got fourth in a very weird season with a with a pandemic break and a lot of injuries right at the end. We have some consensus. I think, Dan, you and I had to make a, a light prediction on the Manchester City opposition preview pod. Um, but, Nick, this is kind of fresh for you. I think this is the first time you're giving people a test, taste of uh, mm-hmm. where you're thinking for this season. Because uh, where did you have us last season? Sixth okay. is where I had us. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So Hi. fifth this season. No, I, I predicted sixth <laughs> again. Um Look, I just don't. You must think have we're seen the Tottenham documentary good. and see all the <laughs> the meteoric rise they're on. I'm kidding. I'm predicting us third, one place better than last year. I think there will be some regression for United. I think there will be some you reckoning. Mean far regression, far regression. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps we'll see. There should be fresh out of loyalty points. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Um, I I think look at this season. Okay, here's my prompt for this. Right. The prompt is that we have the most congested Premier League schedule of all time coming down the pike. And the squads that have the deepest rosters and who are able to manage their injuries the best are going to do better than the squads that don't. Now, Chelsea's squad is undoubtedly deeper, even you know just through this transfer window, we aren't done signing people as of this recording. So, asterisks. But we didn't manage injuries well last year. So unless Chelsea have a whole different plan for soft tissue injuries, I still think there's a bit of a risk there. Um, I still think uh, when we get into the Premier League predictions, I'll, I'll share my top two. But I still think that we we have the potential to finish higher than last year, but it is going to be a slog. This is going to be a tough year. I think, you know, when you look around at the league, right, like I think – City are still stacked. Liverpool, until they mess up, you have to assume they're going to stay at their high level of trajectory. West Ham, Dynamos, <laughs> they're so good. You know, but it's like it's like United, who finished above us, cannot see that that happening at all. Especially with the signings we made, and they signed Van de Beek. I mean, they. I'm not. I'm not that worried. You know, right now, Spurs, they're still trying to figure out what they're doing. Arsenal, they, they, their fans probably think they're going to win the damn league after winning the FA Cup and the Community <laughs> Shield. Honestly, like, I get it. You've had a good run. Like, congrats. You locked in Danny Ceballos on another loan. Aubameyang hasn't signed as a time of recording. I'm sure he will, but it's just like, don't act like you're, you're in a great situation. I mean, you still have to wear out Wolves. Wolves signed one of the best young strikers in Portugal in the last couple of days. So, it's like those teams are going to be pushing. You know, Leicester's not going to go away, you know, especially with, um, you know, looking to to blow that Chilwell money that they got from us as well. So, again, I feel like we're in third because I think we potentially are the third best team in the league um, with maybe a hope to catch whoever's second if they trip up. But I would firmly expect us to be comfortably in the top three and pushing for trophies with the signings that we've made uh, as of this point. I think we will be... In second place at the end of the season. Can't wait to hear it. (laughs) So I I think part of it is in, you know, I don't want to spoil the league positions um, for who is who, but I think there has to be, there's regression for, for all teams. Like we underperformed in some, some key areas this past year, like shot conversion, 
Um, you know, we also had some players that are not going to be on the pitch this season for us that, again, addition from subtraction, um, are going to make this side amazingly better. It's going to be feel like a new side, so there's going to be some time required to build us up to a position where we are gelled appropriately. But when I look at either one of Liverpool or City, there's a lot of luck that went into like the Liverpool results last season. Like we had them dead to rights multiple times, and it was like just the flip of a coin difference where we would have taken some points off them, and then maybe City was a little closer, maybe City gazumps them. You know, City did have a little bit of injury issue. They've had to refresh their side a little bit. It is deep still, but I don't I actually don't, similar to you guys, feel concerned about the rear view. I'm I'm only looking at Liverpool and City, and I just don't think with European fixtures, with domestic cups, with domestic trophies, I, I think we will end up being able to go toe-to-toe with the depth that we've added to this side. But like the problem wasn't playing the big teams last season. It was playing the bottom, the weak teams. Liverpool crushed the bottom teams. So... I'm thinking like for over the duration of the season, that's where I could see us struggling versus a Liverpool who seemed to take care of the business against the weak teams. Yeah, I mean, they didn't necessarily like they struggled to get over the line at the end of the season, though. They had some pretty Watford beat them, which was just relegation bound Watford at a certain point in the season picked up points against Liverpool that helped keep them in the Premier or uh, almost kept them in the Premier League. So I, I guess. I see your point that, you know, we have to kind of assume that we, there's just enough data that Liverpool is a good enough side to finish in the top two in the last two seasons. I just, they are also one side that has not reinforced the way that City has, or the way that Chelsea has. Now, if they get Thiago from Byron, that's a whole different story. And that kind of gives their midfield a little bit of a boost. But they are also running on legs that are just going to probably get a little tired. City can refresh a little bit. We can refresh a little bit. I don't. I don't see the luck that they had the past two seasons, both within their run to win the Champions League and the run to win the Premier League, holding again for a third season. Mm. All right. Well, look. I think we can go ahead and do some of the player predictions now that we've gotten most of the team esque ones out. We're going to take a real quick break. Thank you to the sponsor for financially supporting us and the show. Uh, when we're back, Iron Man, who plays most minutes. Who scores most goals? Midfield master, defensive rock, player of the year. Coming right at you. Here we go. All right, so here's the deal, all right? This is a sensitive subject for me, all right? This is the Ironman Award, who plays the most minutes. Didn't go great for me last season. (laughs) I'm really looking to rebound off of my David Luiz prediction. So, with that (laughs) being said, you would assume that the player who plays the most minutes in a season is a goalkeeper because they don't really ever get subbed. Not with Chelsea. It was Aspi Laqueta with 3,230 minutes. So since I can't guess a goalkeeper, I'm going to play a wild card and say Christian Pulisic will have the most minutes next season. I think Aspi is going to be challenged by Reese James. Uh, I think our center backs are going to shift around a little bit, and who knows who our goalkeeper is going to be. You two, on the other hand, guess someone who I... Thought about, but then specifically didn't because of the signings that we've made this summer. There's more competition than ever for these spots. Well, that is correct. I, I don't know if you saw um, the article, uh, Nick, about this weekend about apparently Mason Mount furious about the furious. signings, unhappy to which his father with the, with the wonderful quote tweet and then the sideways laughing face emoji response and the utter bull and then he used the actual shit emoji i just really like well put together response (laughs) a plus uh, yeah a plus rating for tony um i i just look he played in almost every match that he was available for he was available for every single match dan what's the best kind of ability availability there it is (laughs) bam that so yeah i i just i think there's gonna be a little more competition for spots across all of the pitch. I actually think it might be the first season where maybe not a single player on our squad actually finishes above 3000. I think that that's, that is probably actually the more realistic scenario as Nick nods his head in the video. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think Mason 
is the one who, at the moment, walks into this season with probably the most trust of any player from Frank Lampard. And I think that carries over. And he's going to be challenged up his game. And I think Mason will absolutely respond the way that he always has and will carve out a place in this squad where he is uh, unmovable. I mean, look, Frank rewards hard work. There was no harder working player in the squad last year than Mason Mount. I don't see that changing. So as long as he stays healthy, I I agree with Dan. I don't think it's going to be above 3,000. I think there's going to be a ton of rotation. And we we could very easily see kind of a first and second 11s, you know, rotation scenario rolling through for cup matches and stuff like that. But he's not scared of anyone. He's scared of who? Uh, I think I think he's gonna come into the season like Dan said, you know, and and own one of those eight spots, and it'll be up to him to play his way through the season in those spots. And I don't think he's scared. I don't I don't think he's upset. I think he's motivated. And the thing about being around better players and markedly, uh, Ziyech, Havertz, Werner, healthy Pulisic when ready, you know that that type of squad, those are better players. And so his stats might dramatically increase next year. So I don't know. Could you imagine how fun it's going to be to be playing in this side? I think the amount of joy and excitement you're going to see on these players' faces, like the absolute pleasure of getting to play with that quality day in and day out, it's going to be fun. I think our I think our boys are going to be feeling it. The boys will be buzzing. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Mason was the third highest last season, 28-72. Kepa split them, uh, him and uh, SP 29-70. So. And William's gone. Jorginho, no chance he plays that many minutes next season, let's be honest. Uh, instant Impact Award, which new signing will have the biggest impact this season? Uh, current additions, Akim Ziyech, Timo Werner, Ben Chilwell, Kaya Vertz, Thiago Silva. Maybe a new goalkeeper, question mark? Uh, my instant impact is going to be Timo Werner. There's few things that are more concrete and impactful than a goal scorer. Look, I think Ziyech is going to be the one setting up most of those goals. I think Kai Averts is going to be running like crazy. I think, you know, Thiago Silva is going to offer some stability at the back. But at the end of the day, goals carry so much more weight than anything else. And so that's why I went Werner. So I don't know. Dan. Um, I do have to question what in the world you were doing with this one. Look, we've been asking for a center back that's going to bring a little bit of leadership, a little bit more stability to our back line. He just came out of playing in a Champions League final. Um, Thiago Silva, you know, I mean, I think he is going to be a little bit older, a little bit more experienced, going to potentially marshal people around a little bit. If we look at where the problem area was last season, yes, one of the areas was converting goals, but I think the bigger area of concern was shipping them. And if he helps to solidify that back line at all, at all, he is the person who will be, or will have made the most impact. Okay, interesting. Nick, late, late change to your roster here. That is right. Um, I was going to go Hakim Ziyech for all the reasons that we've already talked about. But in the back of my head, my spidey senses started tingling a little bit. Because one chili bee is going to have the biggest instant impact when healthy, kind of. When healthy. So probably six games in. He's going to start having an instant impact six games in when he's healthy. Instant, like oatmeal, chili bee. When you have to put that many caveats on it, is it really an instant impact? Yes. It's a fair okay. question. That is a fair question. What about comeback? Chili bee. Comeback player who had a down 2019-2020 and rebounds this season. Uh, I think you had kind of a small list of players maybe to choose from, but interesting, Dan. Um, you went with a former World Cup winner. And Golo Conte. Like, you know. You watched him in this uh, French friendly the this the other day. Boy, he he looked good. He looked real good, and he's gonna stay healthy. If we can keep Ingola Conte healthy, that makes life so much easier for Frank Lampard and so much easier for like that was also a part of the issue for the defense last season. Let's be real. When you have Ingola Conte breaking up balls, knowing that he can kind of come back and recover, 
knowing knowing how to read the game and disrupt the passing lanes, second to none. You know, he he has been our one world class player, and now we've, we've upgraded a little bit in that category, so we have a couple of world class players now. But let's not sleep on what a healthy Angola Conte means to Frank Lampard, means to this team, and. If he comes back the way I think he's going to come back, looking at that that friendly, damn, the Premier League is about to get reintroduced. N'Golo Conte is going to reintroduce himself, and it is going to be quite wonderful, Nick. Would you say the rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So so mine's an interesting one, and it's it's a guy that I just think is is right there. And if he takes his opportunities, could really help this squad out a lot this year. And that is uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. It's show time, baby. Um, it's time to go. And I think I have a really funny feeling that his he's going to start the season on fire and will provide a ton of selection headaches to Lampard. He can play on the right. He can play on the left. I know he loves playing on the left. If Pulisic's healthy, he's going to play on the right. Um, I, I think, I think he realizes that it's, it's time, it's time to go time to mature a little bit on and off the field. I think he is going to be our comeback player of the season. And I think people will remember his pre Achilles form and go, Oh yeah, we have that guy. Uh, Mm. Just as a caveat for the, the Cho argument, Cho actually had the third most assist in the Premier League for Chelsea last season at five. He was behind Aspie and William. And his actual like Premier League minutes were so small relative to those two others. Just so I think I think you're on to something there. If he takes takes the opportunity, takes the shot appropriately, he could have a really big role to play this year. Good call. It's show time, BB. It's show time. Yeah, look, I hope so. He had a great start to that that preseason friendly, you know. So hopefully he can keep it going. Uh, look, I want the 50,000 to 1 odds on this one, all right? Someone bankroll me because I'm going Keppa. There's nobody <laughs> that can. Oh, here's Ooh. the thing. Mediocre, it's a wild turnaround. You guys have a decent bar to set. Like, Keppa, we, we, we got to take one step up, and he's improved. So as far as I'm concerned, I've already won this one. It cannot get any worse. You're like Think you're like Tommy. It. You're like Tommy Boy when he gets a C minus and he goes dancing through. Oh no, it was a D plus. He got a D plus. Starts doing cartwheels through the through the auditorium. Yeah, I can't get any worse. All right, next step up. Which academy player will make their first their their impact on the team? I mean, you can almost call it the Gil, the Billy Gilmore play of last season. Who is going to go from academy? to Billy Gilmore status, but good luck. Dude won back-to-back Premier League man of the matches. So uh, I'm going to go with Tino Anjarin. I know he's already made his debut, but he's nowhere near um, having played regular minutes. I could see him with his big size working as a CDM potentially next season where we might need some cover. So I would like to see Anjarin hopefully make that step up if the opportunity arises. There's no need to push anyone out of the way for him at this point. Uh, Dan, who did you have? What position? Uh, I went with Lewis Bate as a center mid. I mean, I think that he was the one who looked probably the next ready to jump in. I think the question to me is, does Billy Gilmore go out on a loan potentially? Like if we don't think Billy Gilmore is going to play... 30 to 40% of all minutes available. And we can send him someplace like the championship where he's going to play 90 plus minutes, 90% plus minutes of the season. That might be the better move to help get him to the next stage of his career. And then you're looking at who's kind of the Academy deputy from that, that center mid position. And he's probably the next one that I would have, have an eye on Nick. So he, he's probably the one that I would go for. I am going to go with a bit of a wild card. Because I think we're going to play four at the back a lot this year. Juan Castillo, uh, a guy who was on loan last year, but apparently back. Mm -hmm. And Academy through and through. I actually thought he would be sold by now, but he's still on the roster as of uh, recording. And he's a a bit of a bigger guy than uh, than Matson, who may go out on loan. So I think... 
Juan Castillo, an option I didn't know we'd have available, uh, could make his breakthrough. Well, I was looking at the dev squad. Matt Miazga's on there right now, too. Probably not one that's going to be around the entire season, though. The real Captain America, that one. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Top attacker. Who will be our most important attacking player? Look, I'm going to stay consistent. Timo Werner. Goals change everything. A uh, little confused, though, Dan. You had to put in a math equation to justify yours. Well, you know, there's there's such things as like shot creating actions. That's one stat that's quite wonderful. I'm going for total goals plus assist combo. I'm going for the buffet of attacking wonderment. And that is going to come from Captain America himself, Christian Pulisic, who is going to have goals and assists to his name that will actually, I think, be close to, if not shade, Werner's total contribution. Because Werner is not Werner is not a massive assister. And so I think yeah. that's the thing I would keep in mind is that like he might have eight to ten more goals than Christian has, or twelve more goals than Christian has. Christian is gonna still end up with a fair number of assists and and his total GA is gonna be, I think, at or higher, which is you know, the double double is hard to do. I don't know, Nick. But I know that yours it's a lot of faith. A lot of faith in a young gun. Yeah, he's very good. That's why I put the faith in him. Um, I'm going Kai Havertz. I think it's all about unlocking potential. The question was, who's going to have the most goal contributions? That's a much different question than who will be our most important attacking player. Unlocking potential for this team in in a in games where you know we're facing eleven or ten, you know, as as walls in front of our attack is incredibly valuable. Getting those points catapults us from 69 to 81, which is where my uh, level goes. So uh, that's that's kind of my my uh, rationale. I think Kai Havertz will be an incredible assist maker. I think he will also score goals, but I think he will be the guy that attracts a lot of attention and frees up space, much like Christian Pulisic did at the end of this season. Uh, I think his name just will carry weight, and Pulisic will be the beneficiary of that, most likely. Well. Plenty, plenty to to see because for midfield master, who will be our most important midfield player? Dan put the same person. <laughs> Where is Kai Averts going to play? Very good no, no, question. No, no. I, Glad you asked. I, I, <laughs> well, I put Kai Havertz in the midfield versus the top attacker. Because I think you know the midfield is probably where he will spend most of his time coming in from, or kind of shadow into to Werner. So he's kind of like living between worlds as it is one one step in the one foot in the attack, one foot in the midfield, the bridge between those two those two units. Uh, look, I think Havertz is going to be uh, just game changer in the midfield. He's he's tall, he's fast, he's got a little bit of the. You know, we, we've asked for that bastard mentality to come back into our side. He's got a little bit of that, and he's going to be happy to kind of shade a couple people through it. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, he, he adds goals and assists from the midfield. And I think that's where he'll play initially. So if he doesn't play in the midfield, then my answer is completely wrong, and Nick will get it right because the other person you should consider is Nick's answer. Well, yeah. Nick, Nick, you can wait. So <laughs> because I have Mason Mount. You know, he's solid, he's reliable. I think he'll still have a huge role in the team, especially if we think Frank maybe plays, I I don't know, whatever he wants to do. There's a lot lot of options. I think he could literally play a 6, an 8, and a 10 in his three-man midfield. Um, Or Averts and and Mount will be two number 8s. And it just, no matter how you frame it, I just think that he's going to be important because of his flexibility and his his ability to play in many positions. And I think that's why he played so much last season. He played on the wing, he played in the midfield, and whatever. I would just say that's where I think. And those are both probably Dan and I are thinking attacking, uh, you know, profile. But Nick, you've completely flipped it and said no. We need a defensive presence to be the most important in that midfield. In Frankie Lampard's Showtime Blues, there is no. There's no way that Kai Havertz is not an attacking player. This is not a prayer. He's not sitting back intercepting passes. That's not what he's there for. Uh, N'Golo Conte, however, is. Uh, and Kai Havertz is not going to have to worry about a ton of the defensive work when 
when World Cup winner N'Golo Kante is back there just cleaning up shop. So N'Golo Kante will be our most important midfield player. And again, I must stress, the question is important. Which player, when we lost him last year, did we uh, lose our shape formation, a ton of defensive responsibilities? N'Golo Kante. Bam. Your Honor, I rest my case. You won't hear me say this often, but you made a really good point. Wow. We're going to leave it at that because wow, Wow. I'd hate to sit on that. Defensive Rock, who will be our most important defensive player? Look, Nick and I wrote Aspie. I even wrote Duh. Dan didn't write anything, which means he's trying to hide his answer with shock and awe. Well, Nick actually didn't fill his out, so I tried to guess that it was going to be Aspie. Did I not? You didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So... Oopsie Daisy. Uh and I, I I filled it in for you because I felt like Asby was gonna be the one that we would all select. Just from positional flexibility. I don't think he'll get played much at center back. I think he's gonna be our uh primary right back to start the season. I think he'll end up playing some left back cover uh for Chill maybe he'll probably play left back initially while Chillwell's out. Maybe ends up uh you know blocking Reese James a little bit, forces Reese to kinda up his game and, and level up, which both of those things are really good. That mm-hmm. And he can be called upon in moments notice. He's going to be available for everything. He's going to as- continue to assist again this season. He'll probably pop up with one crazy goal because that's what he does. And, yeah, I mean, there's not much more you can say about Asby, Nick. It's just, he's he's a stalwart. He is important just from, like, the the culture and the morale of the team, too. Yeah, he's, he's nobody's bridesmaid, okay? <laughs> He's a top-class defender. He's still one of our best one-on-one defenders. And he's an important leader in the team. And that, that's it. You know, in addition, he will likely continue to assist and uh, provide wonderful goal celebrations and, and things like that. I mean, he's, he's just one of my favorite players we've ever had. So, uh, yes, agreed. Cool. Player of the year. Who will be our player of this upcoming season? Um, barn burner. I put Christian Pulisic and I don't even feel bad about it because Dan <laughs> somehow jumped on my bandwagon, hitched on. We're doing this. So Nick, Mr. Outside looking in, which way did you go? Well, you, you guys have been talking about Timo all, all episode and I haven't mentioned it. Uh, Timmy except, burner? For, except for my first, my first uh, comment on, on the goal scorer. So, I think he will likely win our player of the season. He just, he has a look about him that I think the fans are going to like. He takes this thing really seriously. He's not messing around. He's not coming here to suffer fools. Uh, he's he's going to do the business, and I think he will be our player of the year. Well, I think Christian Pulisic is going to just be electric and be so dynamic in so many different ways, building on his season. I just, fingers crossed, he stays healthy. That's the only thing that's going to get in his way from having an amazing, amazing season. But Dan, to wrap with one ridiculous over-the-top prediction, because why wouldn't you put this in here? (laughs) Go ahead, Dan. What is the dumbest thing you're going to say on this podcast today? (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm sure I've already said 10 things that would count as dumb if we played them back in this moment. I so, said uh, dumbest, not be, to be fair. <laughs> true. Uh, so the, the, the thing I just said previously, and then now this thing. Um, if I were going to say one dumb thing... Reminder, Dan, that you did I write this s- script. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that the the ridiculous prediction is that Tammy Abraham actually becomes our total goal scorer, this top goal scorer this season. I think there's a possibility that the way that we play with, you know, two, two attackers up top might put him in a position to actually feast. I I, I think there's, I think there's an opportunity. Look, you don't have to really back these up because they're kind of no, because they're ridiculous. ridiculous. (laughs) So there's not a lot of logic behind it. Nick, yours Eh, I mean, are you really stretching that 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 much on this one? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I am. It's a new player and it's a crap ton of assists. That's Kai Havertz with fourteen of fourteen assists. Uh, when we were on with Joe for our Havertz special on Friday, that was that was a mere twenty minutes of joy. 
uh, we were we asked a similar question about Havertz, like what's a crazy prediction? And I said twenty total assists throughout the season. I think he's getting fourteen of those in the Premier League. That's a pretty good ratio of assists. And uh, yeah, he's gonna wear a magic hat, is what I'm saying. I don't Ooh. see it. He's a goal scorer. He's not gonna assist. So that's why I think it's silly. Look, I'm gonna stick to my goalkeepers. You know, Kepa's gonna come good this season. You want something outlandish and ridiculous and over the top? Kepa, starting goalkeeper. It's going to be great. Wow. Good. I love it. End on that one. Perfect. <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap us up for our predictions. Discord. I'm stunned calling all of you silence. out. We were, we were stunned. I want to see your predictions in the podcast. We can even publish these, can't we, guys? Put it out there so people can uh, put up their sure. predictions, respond to it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I, I love it. This will be fun. All right. That's going to wrap us up. Part two. We're going to do some more. All right, we've got some more uh, Premier League predictions. A little bit more broad will be part two. Golden boot, golden glove, top four, who gets relegated, all that stuff. Uh, so it should be plenty fun. So anyways, that'll wrap us up. Thank you, as always, Nick and Dan. Listeners, you are the most important part of the show, so please get in touch with us on social media, Discord, Patreon, however you may do it. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.